All right, it's time for Change Matters right here on ITRNRadio.com. And you might be saying, okay, that's not Kenny Hendricks. Well, you're right. I ain't Kenny Hendricks. I'm Colette Williams. I'm your host. And we've got a great show for you this afternoon. Kenny Hendricks is under the weather. Seriously. Got the C word. Seriously under the weather. But that's okay. As he says, always stick and stay. Don't go away. Join the movement right here at Change Matters. You can find us on itrnradio.com. Stick and stay. Don't go away. It's a Tuesday right here on ITRN Radio. You join us at 5 p.m. 7 Central Time, 8 on the East Coast. And anytime you want to get any of the shows, you can always go to itrnradio.com. We're going to have a great conversation this afternoon. We're going to talk about the year in review. So if you'd like to join the conversation, get us at 682-710-1101. That's 682-710-1101. Your questions, your comments, we will talk about it right here. And remember, this is where we talk to you, for you, with you, and about you, and it is all good. So how is the weather in your part of the country? Well, this morning, the weatherman started by saying, there's a song out called, It Never Rains in California. Well, guess what? That, too, is a fallacy. The weather in California is predictably unpredictable. So there is supposed to be rain this week. It's December. Of course, there's going to be rain. And of course, it's going to be cold. So you people who listen to that stuff about California weather, it never rains in California, don't believe the hype. Really, people? This is God's planet. It rains here. It does rain. It may not rain the same way that it might rain in other parts of the country, the Midwest, up north, Maryland, New York, Wisconsin, places like that, New Hampshire, Massachusetts, may not be. But there are so many things that they have that California doesn't have, and vice versa. Everybody has weather, whether you want it or not, whether you want to admit it or not. Everybody has weather. You can't get around it. God built this country for all people, and he said everybody's going to get weather. So don't believe the hype. Do not believe the hype. California gets rain and snow. Yeah, California gets snow. It's up in the mountains. And there are areas where the snow is in Pasadena. San Dimas, Moreno Valley, even in Watts. Yep, there was snow in Watts, would you believe? Yeah. So, yep, that was a once in a lifetime thing, but it did happen. It did happen. I was there and there are pictures all over the place that show you there was snow in Watts. Now, there won't be any more snow in Watts for another 50 years, but that's okay. It did happen and it will happen again. So now deal with the weather. It's cold, but you know what? Stay in, stay in. Don't go out if you don't have to for two reasons. One, it is cold. 
two, the C word is still here. The C word is still here. And there are those people who want to continue to move around and say that it's, it's, it's not real. It's not real. Well, you know what? Uh, Saturday before last, I was at a gifting suite up in Hollywood and I guess I may have been the only person there with a mask on. And John Sally, yes, basketball player, John Sally asks me, why, why do you have a mask on? He told me not to believe the hype. Well, the hype is here. He told me not to believe it because folks lie. They lie. You know what? Call it what you want. But it's here. And it doesn't look like it's going anywhere because those people who don't believe that it's a real thing keep us in a position where we're still having to relive the past. Come on, people. Come on. You think, why hasn't it gone away? If it isn't real, then why hasn't it gone away? Maybe because it is real. Don't know. But I know one thing. I'm going to stay safe and I'm going to be healthy and I'm not going to deal with it. I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do. So you know what? Stay in, stay away from people. I don't like going around a lot of people, especially those who think it's okay not to mask up. Back up, back up, back up. That's what I say. Can you back up a little? Some people have it in their DNA that they just have to pile up in the line and be on top of everybody. That's not me. That's not me. I intend to be healthy. So enough of that. And I hope all of you who are listening, I hope that you do wear a mask. I hope you put it back on and I hope you get your injection, your, your shot, your COVID shot. And you do what's necessary to keep yourself healthy. Because unless everybody is doing what's necessary, we all have to suffer at the same level. We all suffer. And if it's not done right, we're going to go back to lockdown. We're going to go right back to lockdown. And it's nobody's fault but the public. Because nobody wanted to listen and do what is right. So anyway, let's move on from there. So as I said, today is going to be a conversation about where we were from whence we came. We're going to talk about the year in review. There's so much to talk about. So many things that took place this year, all of them significant. Everyone went back to work. Everyone is trying to start businesses. People are still pivoting from one direction to another the the money, there are strikes, there are so many things that are going on. Black people are still wondering and wandering. We've got to get out of the position that we're in. I've been listening to quite a bit of Louis Farrakhan, and I've always said that Louis Farrakhan is a brilliant, brilliant man. He is without question a brilliant, brilliant man. There's no denying. He is undeniably brilliant. You may not like him. You don't have to. You don't. And he's not waiting for you to like him. He's a brilliant man. That's undeniable. He is a brilliant man. And he is talking about what happens and what has been happening with Black folks in the Black community. And we've got to make, we've got to make 
some waves. We've got to get to a point where we are not reactive, but proactive. Because we are some reactive people. We react and then we don't follow through. So we've got to get ourselves to a position where we not only are on the active part, the production part, productive, proactive, we've got to get moving. We've got to get moving. Thank you for joining us, Leonard Collins. How's everything? Good. Uh, on the lighter side, I tried to interview for a, a, a play. I wanted to be an Eskimo. <laughs> so that's what you're told, doing right now, right? They told me, get your ass out of here. <laughs> I, I said, okay, but it's cold. It's cold. Yeah. Um, no, you're right. I think we were having a conversation earlier about the COVID. Um, and because it's during the flu season as well, and with me working at a hospital, there's a lot of concerned parents bringing in their kids um, because I think this arrest, this particular one is a respiratory strain. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of the kids, you hear them congested. And I'm talking about from the carriage up to 12 and 13 years mm. of age. And mm -hmm. so parents are kind of concerned. They don't know if they have the flu or common cold. Right. And, and I'm sure you know this, Yolanda, having kids. One of the things that's always uh, a problem with the family, let's put COVID aside by itself. When kids get sick at school, they get sick first. And then who gets sick after that? Everybody. Parents, parents everybody. siblings. Everybody. Everybody, Everybody is after that. The kids always bring, you know, the coals home. Because kids so, are germ factories. Right. But, you know, having said that and knowing that, um, one of the things you said, it's a good time to start drinking a lot of water, a lot of orange juice, um, start taking a lot of your vitamins, your vitamin D, um, and during this season. So even if there isn't COVID, you still should be doing that. And during the holidays, um, don't be trying to get out there and shop. Excuse me, with everybody yeah. else. And next thing you know, you're going down. You're yeah. going down for two reasons. One, you're around a bunch of people. That's number one. Number two, you're stressed out because you got to make sure you get the person a gift that you want to get them the gift. And God forbid they're out of that particular gift when you saw it online and they said they had plenty on inventory. You know you're going to lose it. So anyway, um, that's just some fun and stuff like that. But that is a reality. Um, mm -hmm. This is the flu season. If it is, if, even if it isn't COVID, it's the flu season and it's cold. I mean, I yeah. don't know about anybody else, but it's been cold around here lately. Um, That's why you got that hood on, huh? Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, um, with come inflation, one of the things they didn't tell you with inflation, that means the water bill goes up. That means the light bill goes up. And, and you know, black folks can't stand the cold. So <laughs> G&E is making a killing right now. Oh, yeah. You're you know, with that gas. Um, so uh, that's right, Kiana. That's right. <laughs> okay. Well, um, you know what? It, exactly. Right. And one of the things that we should do, I say all the time, keep that man's hand out of your pocket. Okay. Do whatever you need to do. Okay, keep that's right. that man's hand out of your pocket. Because he's going to be in your pocket whether you want him there or not. Keep that man's hand out of your pocket. Turn right. the lights off. Stop running the water. Stop 
allowing that man to put his hand in your pocket and you don't even know it. Get him out of yeah. your pocket. So if, if there's, if there's ever a time that uh, the younger generation, and, and in this case, uh, it might have to be like grandma or great grandma, but our parents were very good managers. Close mm-hmm. the door. Close the door. The light. Yeah. You let the heat out. You yep. let the heat in. You're yep. running the water. Yep. So on and so forth. And and with the, especially with this inflation, this inflation is not no joke. I don't know about yeah. anybody. It's I, not I, a joke. It's not a joke. It's not a joke. And I mean, the 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 groups of people just started to realize it's time to double up. And what I mean by double up, I mean families moving into yes. Um, whoever has the biggest house, that's mm-hmm. where we need to make that move mm-hmm. because. By the time you realize it, it may be too late because <clears throat> the family that could help can't help you now because yeah. they're struggling. Right. Um, so e- either way. But again, as you mentioned, um, we do have to start having a more proactive approach. And I think, um, as you mentioned, you were talking about Farrakhan. Um, and Lady Future, I want you to listen to, to this one. Um we have amazing historians. Mm-hmm. Most of the people that you give props to, and, and I'm talking about myself, that are, that are people that I feel are mentors to me, they're either past or they're historians. Mm-hmm. But we're at a point um, in our culture that we really, 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 really need to put a blueprint together for the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I can tell you, um, when um, Prince came out with that song, "We're Gonna Party Like It's 1999," yeah, that came out a long time ago. We never thought 1999 yeah. right? Yeah, and then when year 2000 got here, which is almost 23 years ago, yeah, uh, everybody thought the computers was gonna crash. Oh you know, yeah, I remember triple that. Zeros, uh, the lights are gonna go out. Yeah, uh, what's that favorite saying? <clears throat> the end times. Yeah, uh, that's I right. Mean, you know, all the, and here we are. Uh, 2023, and it's right around 23. The that's right. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that we're on the precipice of something great, and I, and I think once we collectively really understand that, um, we might be able to set something up for people to kind of look at for the future because everybody's talking about the past. I mean, as great as Farrakhan is, he's he's a historian. Mm-hmm. He's a teacher. But he is a historian. Really not, yeah, mm-hmm. you, but you're really not putting a blueprint together and you're really not putting things into action. But I will say this. When, um, was it Muhammad? Uh, the first one, what is it? Elijah? Elijah Muhammad. Yeah, when he was around, I do have to admit they were taking people off the streets. A lot of the people that were on drugs, they were really cleaning up the streets. Um, you saw what the final call, the newspaper. Yeah, the final and, call. And, right. um, and they were selling bean pies. Right. They were really, really, you know, focusing on the community. But I don't really see that now, and I don't know that that exists in LA any longer. Um, but again, we have to look to him. But I think now it's time to look to younger generations and just ask the question: um, What do you really think? the future is going to look like. Even We can go add 20 years on this. So say just sake of argument, 2045. Um, 
Kiana, it was, she's what, 30 something, 40 something, right? Just 40 something, right? So yeah, 20, that's 60. That's right around our age. And, um, um, you know, it, it'd be nice if we were here for her birthday, you know, on her 60th birthday, but based on present uh, times, we may not be here, but what's the economy going to look like? And I know everybody's talking about, uh, we won't have gas cars, but we're going to have gas cars because right. Saudi Arabia is not going to be okay with that. I think we just found out that the uh, United States just made a, 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 an agreement with uh, Venezuela, right, for gas. So that means there's going to be gas. We're not going to just have a treaty and all of a sudden stop buying oil. Um, how long is this war going to last with uh, Russia and Ukraine? Um, are we going to be back in another war? Because our history has showed whenever our economy is really, really good, we're at war. Yes, I was going to say that. And Go ahead. we, we can't, we can't chance another war. And I do remember or remember a couple of weeks ago, Biden was saying that if China, I think it was, if they launched those, no, Korea, Korea. If they launch those missiles, that will be the beginning of World War III. Nobody wants to see that. Nobody wants to see World War III. And you're right. That's when the economy is better, when there is a war, because it's it's about the circulation of that dollar. So right. nobody wants to see a World War III. Nobody wants to see that kind of war. Nobody wants to see a civil war. And with all of the things that have taken place and all of the things that are going on in this country, we can't afford that. We're not even prepared for that, not even in the slightest way. I mean, so, I would like to even uh, be able to speak to to the nation and say, how close are we for China and Russia to meet and say, China, um you take everything uh, east of Dallas mm-hmm. and I'll take everything west of Dallas. Mm-hmm. And they're both communists um, to take our land. Yeah. Um, I don't think we have a chance because we can't fight both of them. No. Uh, and so, and you see what's going on in China, right? <clears throat> yeah. They're you see that? Oh, yeah. Right? You, yeah. You're seeing they're having unrest. Oh, yeah. So because you see COVID. all these things happening and if there's ever a time for us to really be looking at this in a very positive way and in and in in need to organize, it would be now. This is it. It's this yeah, right now. This is, this yeah. is clearly it. But, um, yeah. um, Kiana, you got anything to say? What about t- uh, teaser? You know, I want to hear from somebody else. Uh, well, I, I, don't, I don't think, I don't think that we, as I said, I know we're not ready for anything like a war, whether it is a civil war or a war between the U.S. and another country. We're not ready for that. Nobody is in the mindset to do anything like that. So there's so many areas where we are lacking as a country. And also as a people, there's so many areas that we're lacking. And in order for us to move past that, we... And, and I'm I'm really for a separation. I for some reason I have this serious feeling about us separating because we're never going to be 
on top. We're never going to make the strides that we should have made by now if we don't separate. We're too dependent upon somebody else doing it for us. We still, just as you said, there was a time when we would do it ourselves, but we're not there. We are not there. And we're, we're looking at somebody telling us what we can and can't do. I was in conversation with someone the other day and it just amazes me the number of black folks who are intelligent people, Carlston Nick, who are intelligent people who still believe in that white person, who still believe that we should be married to white folks. But how old was that person you were having the conversation? What was their age? Old enough to know better. Yeah, but I mean, were they in their 70s or 80s? Because uh, I don't no. know anybody. No, no. Somebody around probably close to 70, if not 70. Mm-hmm. But somebody, mm-hmm. like I said, old enough to know better. Professional right. people. Professional people. And it amazes me that we don't have a seat at the table. But folks are not interested in creating their own tables. After all these years, after all these years, and we're still fighting and struggling and we still have to prove ourselves. That's the thing that bothers me so about black folks, especially black folks who are business people, entrepreneurs, and they are running a race trying to get certified so that they are known as a black company and they don't have a white company that is the front company. So a black man is the front. White folks are doing it. You know what? Even if you are certified, that still doesn't mean that you don't have others in bed with you. So what if you're certified? Okay, folks lie all day long. And as they say, numbers don't lie, but people do all day long. So we've got to certify ourselves. And I'm involved with a few organizations who are very, very intense on becoming certified. I don't get it. Well, at least they're trying to do something. I mean, you kind of got to look at it that way. And again, that's why I advocate so much the blueprint. Um, Because if they only have one example to look at, that's all they're going to do. And unfortunately, it's the American way of life um, because we have not organized. And that's another reason why we really should. But we can sit here and talk all we want. But until someone puts a, a, a organized structure, for example, we talk about uh, Black Wall Street, um, mm-hmm. Tulsa. But mm-hmm. do you ever hear anybody really, <clears throat> excuse me, talk about um, how they were structured, the standard? that um the people that ran the restaurant, the standard of the banker, the standard of the person that had the theater, the standard of the person that owned and ran the hotels, because we were self-sufficient. We didn't have to go That's right. outside. That's so right. So that just needs to be duplicated. But the, That's right. the, the, the part that, that, that we struggle with 
is why aren't we this way? And, and you always hear me say over and over, we don't have cultural collectivity. And once that is in place, you just automatically work together. Because one, number one, the culture is there. Number two, the collectivity is there. Because that's really all that's missing. Um, I would be really, really concerned if we were some of the dumbest people uh, in America. Then I would say we don't have a chance. I don't know why we even have this show. But because we have some of the brightest minds <clears throat> in the world, this is an easy fix. But if you really dissect the culture collectivity, you'll see this is where we struggle. In fact, I'm going to try to look and read it uh, because I printed it the other day. Well, you know? I, think that, I think the, the, the areas that we lack in are the collaborative areas, the cultural collectivity and connectivity. That is where we are lacking. And we've gone all year long. I'm quite surprised, pleased and surprised that Karen Bass is the mayor for the city of Los Angeles. This is only the second time in the history of this city that there is a black person who is mayor of the city of Los Angeles. First time a black woman is mayor. For the city of Los Angeles. Now, what kind of of improvements and strides? What is she going to do? That's left to be seen. And remember, she has to make sure that what she does is in line with what the city council wants and also the county supervisors. So she's not by herself making all the decisions and making sure some things get done. She's got to make sure that she has uh, a working relationship with those two bodies, the city council and the board of supervisors. Right. Hey, let me, I don't mean to interrupt you, but let me read this one little thing. And these are the things that the government does subtle. And I don't know if anybody's gotten this email from Wells Fargo. I bank with Wells Fargo. So, um, just so November that you know, just so that ahead. you know, you're, you're sideways. Oh, am I? Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Glad you told me that. Um, they just sent this out November the 17th. And this is what I mean when I say subtle things. This is just my regular bank. It says, Wells Fargo, same day payment. The service will be discontinued on January 25th. So what that means on January 25th, 2023, we'll discontinue Wells Fargo, same day payment service. Although the same day uh, payment option will no longer be available, you will continue to have the payment method, method available and paying your bills to make the payments. But when you send your payment in, they're going to hold on to your money so they can make more money off of you. <clears throat> so um, normally when it takes, what, four days to get, say, sake of argument, you're paying your credit cards. And, you know, if you drop it in the mail on Monday, Normally it'll get there before Friday. Well, now you got to drop it in the mail, uh, a week before because they're going to hold on to your money so that they can make interest off of your money. Mm -hmm. And if mm -hmm. you don't figure this out, and that's just Wells Fargo. So is Wells Fargo getting this uh, financial institution from the bigger banks that are talking about this? Because I don't know if anybody else had noticed this or not. But this is about to be real. 
and it's, it is effective January 25th this year. So same-day same payments. So for those of us who make payments through <clears throat> Wells Fargo, it's not going to reach the creditor right. the same day? Right. What? They're hold the, yeah, they're going to be able to hold on to it. That's why it says to reach your payee on time. So they're telling you right now. So it may take as many as seven days for your money to reach, wow. although you, you've mailed it. So if, say, for example, there's five of us on this show. I would say, well, four, I think. And I'm the only one that read this. And you pay your bills and the credit card says you are late. And you know when you're late, so that's going to be $35 that they're going to hit you with. That's number one. Number two, whatever interest rate that you had that you had worked so hard to get, that's going to automatically go up because you didn't know about this. So wow. these are more ways for them to hold on to your money. You know, there was a time when um, when you would get paid, say your pay period ended on Sunday, uh, you'd have your check on Tuesday. Well, if you notice, <clears throat> they started pushing it to Wednesday. Then they started pushing it to Thursday. And then now it's to Friday. So pay period ends on Sunday. They have Monday. They have Tuesday. They have Wednesday. They have Thursday. And half of Friday <clears throat> to make more money off the money they already owe you. And these are just subtle things that, that I'm talking about. So again, if they're doing this now, what's going to happen 40 years from now? How can this uh, be different? Um, it might be no more credit. If right. you don't have the money, that's right. You don't. You don't eat. There will be no more credit cards. Mm -hmm. And we can't say that this can't happen because when Barack Obama got in office, I had a credit card that was worth fifteen thousand. I had a credit limit of fifteen thousand, but I kept my credit card down. I get a um, a letter from the credit card company saying. Because of your uh, credit history, we've reduced your limit to five thousand dollars. What? Yeah, because <clears throat> they're ahead of the game. When the economy starts to crash, people start using their credit cards, and then they don't pay. These institutions are not going to go through this again. See, they're already ahead. See, the thing about them is, it doesn't take them but one or two times to uh, to have an issue. And then they fix it right away. By taking away. By taking away. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So that's just something um, small. But anyway, I just thought I'd share that. Well, um, it's it's interesting because people usually don't understand those things. And it is interesting because everybody wants to have a credit card for whatever the reason. Everybody wants to have a credit card. Well, right. you have to understand the credit card. If you have a credit card, no matter what the limit is, pay the bill. If you are able to pay the bill, pay the bill. Do not pay it off. Okay? Do not pay it off. Because once you pay it off, they take it away. And right. then you have to start all over again. Okay? So the learning that should take place so that Black folks especially don't fall victim to the things that they didn't know about. So this idea, you don't know what you don't know, that's hurtful. That is right. hurtful. 
because right you don't know what you don't know but that is that's weak that's weak and there was a time when I would say to my kids don't tell me you don't know I don't want to hear I don't know I don't know I don't know and there were if you continue to say I don't know that simply means you don't have a path to finding out instead of saying I don't know say I'll find out right okay and if credit if you're interested in credit, which everybody should be, every adult should be, teaching their children how to manage themselves when it comes to their finances, what to do and what not to do. We've got property up in Agua Dulce, and we're t- trying to determine what to do with that property. Well, I just said yesterday to my sister, we need to hold on to Ma's property. I was going to sell it. And I was going to sell it because now there are people who are asking about the property. Well, we had one call and the woman said that there was an offer and that person offered $5,000 for the property. I just laughed at it. She says, well, you know, nothing's going on with the property and they, and they don't want to do anything. They're just going to sit on it. And I said, really, you expect me to believe that they want that property and all they're going to do is sit on it. Right. I only look like this. Okay. I only look like this. You are not going to tell me that those people are going to pay $5,000 and they're going to sit on the property. First, let's be real. First of all, you can't get a mailbox in California for $5,000. So I don't care how big or the size or what that property is. $5,000. We can't even talk. We cannot even have an intelligent conversation. $5,000 won't get it. Next thing, when she says to me, well, you know, I have to have my, get my commission and, and the seller's going to want to, whatever he does, he's going to have to put the, the utilities on it. He's going to have to do this. So he's going to be out of money and I'm sure he's not going to want to do that. But you want me, you want my family to understand that for you. You have to get your commission and we have to take into consideration that he's going to have to spend money to get all of these things put on that property. You want me to be aware of that and give that all the consideration. Well, what about my mother's property? Start there for consideration. Well, I'm just saying, but she made it very clear that it was about her commission, her commission, the commission for somebody else, not at all have you decided what you're going to do with the property you might want to say this and you might want to do that or top dollar is is it it's just he'll give you five thousand dollars so that means take that five thousand dollars and go away and whoever that person is he's not going to sit on that property he'll sit on it long enough to create a road to lay pipe foundation but he's going to put buildings on there. It might even be a mall. Right. It might be apartment units. It might be a gas station, a store. It could be any number. Anything, of right. Anything. This is California. It could be anything. This is L.A. County, Agua Dulce. And it's not going to just sit there. That's for sure. He is not going to let it just sit there. Right. So I haven't done anything. And I thought about it. 
maybe we should put units on it. Yourself, right. Uh, uh-huh. Here in L.A. County, I'm sure you know that the homeless issue is out of control. Well, down in the hood, and I do mean the bottom hood, there is an area where they're taking containers, the big gigantic containers that are on ships, on trains, and and trucks pull the containers. They're taking those containers, painting them, and using those containers for housing. That's right. They turn them into apartments. Right. Okay. I was shocked. So down on Imperial and the 110 freeway, there may be maybe 12 containers that they stack on each other. And like they're made, they may be three high and they're turning those into apartments. And I'm going, what? Yeah. They're turning them into apartments. So during the summer, there was an article that circulated that said it would cost the city one point something million dollars to house a homeless person. What? Yes. So speaking of the year in review, how could you possibly say that it's going to cost a million dollars to house someone who's been living on the street for a year, two years, three years, four years, five years? How could you fix your face to say it's going to cost a million dollars? Well, those units that are made out of containers, those containers only cost about I don't know, anywhere from a thousand, fifteen hundred to five thousand dollars. Well, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that. Um, <clears throat> but I took it a step further. You know the storage uh units that they have, um that you keep some of your stuff if you have extra furniture or stuff like that. Yes, storage storage, mm-hmm. storage facilities. Mm-hmm. Storage facilities. Um the Utah storage U Haul storage facilities. Mm-hmm. They're going to be residents uh, in the coming years. That would surprise do, me. And mm-hmm. what they'll do is they'll just probably have thirty to forty uh, uh, what do they call them porta potties, porta potties mm-hmm. on facilities, and they just come in uh, maybe every other day, uh, empty them out because the homeless person has basically no rights mm-hmm. to say anything, um, just based on conditions. But the homeless population, um, and the and easy in the next 20 years will probably yeah. triple. Yeah. Um, the inflation is going to happen. And with people not owning homes, the, the renter is going to continue to raise the prices. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Um, I'm hearing what $3,000 for, uh, 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 studios right now. Oh, yes. Ooh, 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 ooh. Oh, yeah. yeah That's yeah. just the rent alone. And so yes. that means. If you just look at it going up 10%, um, that's almost $300 a year. Yep. So within 10 years, you're looking at what, five, seven thousand? Oh, absolutely. Rent? Absolutely. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, 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 and the, and the rents are outrageous here in anywhere in California. The rent is outrageous. And I will say it. <clears throat> my prayer is that I live to be 135 and a half. There's no way <laughs> that you can say that what happens here in California is right 
It is wrong as three and a half left feet. Right. It is wrong, wrong, wrong. I don't care who's making money. I don't care how you slice it. I don't care what you say. It is wrong. It's inhumane. It's immoral. It goes against every aspect of dignity in society. It goes against all of it. And Uncle Teaser's here who is on, who's uh, in, in real estate. I don't care who has made a little bit of money, but you make some money on property and then you pull out of your driveway and you got to be sure you don't hit a homeless person. Okay. I have a niece who lived up in the hills of whatever that is, Baldwin Hills, Windsor Hills, whatever it is. She wasn't even safe up there. She's in her bedroom in her multi-million dollar home. She looks out the door. What does she have a homeless man who had climbed up the hill and is walking along her backyard in the patio, looking at the pool, just looking around. She calls her husband. Husband comes, calls the police. They detain him. Police get there. And he tells the police he just wanted to come up there and see what was going on. What? Mm-hmm. What? You paid $2 million for a home in Altadena. $2 million on Loma Alta and Fair Oaks. You can't even walk in there. It's uninhabitable, but it's $2 million. Right. And there are those people that would justify that $2 million. And the next population that's going to increase is uh, the mental illness. Yes. Because you could be sane, and we all know there's a fine line. Fine line. Insane. And all it has to do is you lose a job, your conditions. Um, you, you may... You may slip, and all of a sudden, you have mental illness right. right, or issues. So then that population triples. So there, there's clearly some opportunities or some visions that need to be described in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And the movie that really did a pretty good job um, with Morgan Freeman in it, um, when he was Clark, was um, uh, Lean on Me. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When he was the principal, the school right? principal. Mm-hmm. And uh, they showed um, so many years back, it was a clean school. It was nice and neat. Kids were going to school, so on and so forth. But then when it became in the ghetto, they had the tagging. They had the drugs, you know, and he was trying to lock up the school because he didn't want the thugs on the school, so on and so forth. And that was ahead of his time. Mm-hmm. Uh, another movie um, is Boys in the Hood. You know, they, you know, John Singleton was ahead of his time in terms of that, that movie, because that movie is what, 1990 something? Mm-hmm, somewhere and, in there. Mm-hmm. And they were doing drive-bys, uh, shooting, um, not doing anything, uh, in the community. And you see it happening right now. And it's like, are we going to be able to really change this? And mm-hmm. where something might have been 20%. It may go to 40%. Oh, yeah. 40%, it may go to 60%. Right. Um, so, yeah, we, 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 we have a lot of work to do, but I, I think we're on the right path. Um, your vision and our vision and, and what we see, and I, I just think that if we continue to ring the bell about where we're going um, with 
um, as Lady Future always like to say, mm-hmm. with solutions. And, and I think that's uh, the greatest challenge. And a solution basically still means a blueprint. You know, how do we get out of this? What what are the paths we need to uh, take? Um, and again, because we have some of the greatest minds in the world, right? This mm-hmm. this this soon as we all lock in, this will be an easy fix because there's so much greatness among us. I, you know, I'm just looking at the media, social media, um, some of the greatest minds, historians. Uh, the challenges like you and I were talking earlier, that sisters, the youngest sister, now she's going to be on the, the, the Supreme Court justice in uh, Detroit. I mean, and she's the youngest in history and the first black sister. You know, so there's another um, issue that we have. We really have to focus on the black male. And so my particular show that when I start will be focusing on black men. Um, and, and we need to understand and do that. And I think that we've done more damage to ourselves by saying things have changed. They're no longer that way. Things have changed. We know that. You cannot get around change. That's indisputable. (coughs) Things have changed, but have they changed for the better or for the worse? And we're right on the edge of things have changed for the worse because we're not where we should be. We're not at all where we should be. Right. Okay. But that's because black folks can buy a million dollar house, but one out of a thousand can't. One, one black person out of a thousand can buy a million dollar home and a million dollar home. So what? It's a shack. Right. It's a shack here in California. It's a shack. It's a shack. You can't house the family. Yeah. It's a shack. And as I was saying, the house on the corner of Loma Alta and Fair Oaks, it's uninhabitable. And, I, and I'm not exaggerating. You pass by, you don't even know that it's there because there's a chain link fence around it, some white framing, and they showed the inside of it. They showed that there's another dwelling on that land. It's a shack. It's uninhabitable. The bathtub has alligators in it. Nobody's been in there for years. You buy that for $2 million, and what they did was they put that house on the market for $2 million. There's a house in Dallas for $2 million. It's got six bedrooms, five bathrooms. It's something like six, 7,000 square feet. There's a pool, a jacuzzi, the huge S-shaped driveway. It's got land. It's got everything. Why in the world would somebody put $2 million in a shack in Altadena and $2 million in a beautiful, fabulous, right. palatial home in Dallas, just a few minutes away. Right. Okay. The cost of living is cheaper. Okay. The peace of mind is greater. You don't walk out your front door or have to worry about homeless people sneaking up the hill in your backyard. You don't have to worry about what's going on in front of you. You don't. There are lots of things that are going on in in California that it shouldn't be. It just should not be. Right. And it and it's really it's really distressing because we've all been here all our lives. But I hear and see things where black folks are really, really, really doing an abundant of of 
good things. They're creating wealth. They're creating not only wealth, but jobs. They're moving. They're building businesses. They're coming out at the seams and they're making things happen. And I look around here in LA, especially LA, and I just don't see it at the same rate. I see it in other places. And maybe that's just me and, and a prejudice of mine, but it's not a prejudice. I'm looking to see where we can go from here because what I read and what I see, we don't have any time to play around. And right. I see people doing the same thing over again. We're 70. We don't have time for this. Right. How do the kids say, I ain't got time for that? We do not have time for this. We do not have time for the wishy-washy, well, maybe, well, maybe, well, maybe. Well, we got to wait until so-and-so says. We got to wait until we got to certify that we're qualified. We got to certify that we're a Black-owned business. Well, the reason for that, it has not changed. I was doing the certification process back in the 70s, the 80s, and the 90s. It hasn't changed. I still have to certify that I'm a Black woman and I don't have backing by somebody other, somebody white specifically. I have to certify that. Yeah, well, I but, got the, I got the right people, whether I have somebody white backing me or not. If I have the right people, they can say that, no, I don't have anybody white certifying me and I very well could. 56 million people is enough for you to have any business to support yes, any business absolutely. throughout the United States. That's right. Again, I'm going to say the same thing again. When we lack cultural collectivity, mm-hmm. this conversation that me, I don't have to mention it because it's a behavior. That's the cultural part. You're not having that conversation. The conversation that we are having is, Leonard, can you come up with $10,000 by uh, March? There's an opportunity in Arkansas. Um, we can get some property. We can invest in this. We can invest in that. That's the kind of conversation that we would have. Um, Absolutely. But because we're not there. We can't have that conversation. Even if we have that conversation, we have a tendency to start looking at each other cross-sided, right, Um, with no sense of trust. And there it goes again, the cultural collectivity that does not exist. Soon as that exists, and and to be honest with you, we might have to have a a show that talks about therapy um, that's only for Black people. Because we're the only people on earth that were denigrated to the degree and reduced to chattel slavery. Can you imagine? It's against the law for you to read. Mm-hmm. Your your last name is taken from you. Mm-hmm. Your culture is taken from you. And all of us understand that we're black. But if I say, what part of Africa do you come from? You don't know. You don't know if you come from Zimbabwe. Yeah. You don't know if you're from Nigeria. You don't know if you're from Angola. You know, you don't know if you're from Mozambique. You don't know if you're from Mali. You don't know if you're from Ethiopia. Now, the one thing I will say that I almost feel like a lot of us, what I notice about black people as I start paying attention, well, we got some foreheads, boy. And the Ethiopians <laughs> are the ones that got the big ass foreheads. So if I was to say something, I'm somewhere <sighs> from Ethiopia. But uh, for you not to know, exactly yeah. where you come from and the best you can do is Detroit, Michigan. Um, that and in re- itself. Right. And remember, 
there are tons and tons of black folks that say, I'm from America. That's where I'm from. I'm from America. I was born right here. I'm from America. I'm American. Right. Okay, buddy. Okay. You're American. Okay. Have it your way or their way. Right. But that, and that's the other area where we are so divided in because we cannot come together and say we're all from the motherland. That right. that's where we originated. Okay. Maybe you didn't get to the motherland, uh, in 1959. Maybe that's not it. But where did your ancestors, where did your people begin? Right. Where did they begin? And if we don't have the serious conversations, in teaching our people. And that's one of the things that that I love about the way things were years ago when we were coming up. And right now, racial reparations claim in Palm Springs. But we can't even be agreeable on whether or not we're due reparations. We can't even agree on that. Okay? We cannot agree that black folks deserve reparations. Okay. Right. Because some black folks will say, no, we should, why should we be given reparations? Well, the Japanese got reparations. Everybody gets reparations, but black folks, we're still asking for reparations and we can't demand anything. We can't demand anything. Right. Because one, we don't know how to demand. We don't know how. We think Rod is sending a letter demanding. That's not how it works. That's not how it works. And if we don't learn from all of the things that we have done and made and created so, so far, how can we demand? How can we demand when we're not even sure what we're demanding? How right. do we know? Okay. Yeah. There's the book that's out. In fact, I have it. I'm going to go get it and show it. But, um, and I've read it a, a little bit, but I still don't hear, uh, an initiative. They say what we should do, but a true initiative is one, uh, we shouldn't have to pay taxes for the rest of our life. Mm-hmm. That would take everybody. We shouldn't have to pay taxes. Uh, period. That in itself will help us. Um, put money in the, in the black banks. So all the reparation money goes in the back, black bank. Mm-hmm. Force mm-hmm. us to unite in order to get your money in your account. It has to be in a black bank. It cannot yes. be yes. in Wells Fargo. Yes. It cannot be. There, there, there are simple things. And then how people conduct their business, their personal life will dictate how you will have access to that money. And the reason why it shows you how much they hate us, let me tell you something. If I was half black and half white, this is what I would say to the white people. Go on and give them Negroes their money. You know they're going to give it right back to us. You know that. Right. Because That's exactly what they said. That's right. They, they, they Go on and give it to them because you know they're right. going to give it right back. They're going to give it right back to us. But you're, you hate them so much that you don't even want them to have it. Yeah. That's, that, that's you don't part. want them to have it. You'll go without just so that they go without. Right. Whether okay. they know knowing that, um, right. you know, if you put 50, if you put a hundred thousand dollars and I bet 
at least 50%. If you put $100,000 in a black family's account, I can assure you 50% of that money will be back in the white folks' hands. Oh, yes, it will. Within oh, yes, six months. Within oh, six months. No, 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 no. I, I, just, I, I, I don't know. I what, think you're wrong. I think you're wrong. A month? Yeah, about a month. 90% of it. They're right. going to go buy some shoes. They're going to buy some Yeezy shoes, some Michael right. Jordan, some gaudy, awful, ostentatious jewelry, uh, uh, some, some hair, some nails, some lot, red lobster. Uh, okay. And, and they won't the invest. Conversations that we need to have. Yes, Those absolutely. Absolutely. And you don't get any of it back. And that's exactly why we can be told what we do and how we will have zero wealth in just a few years because they know our spending habits. They know our habits long before we know them. They've studied us. We haven't studied us. Right. And those that dispute where we are who don't know anything about the 60s and the 70s, that dispute the Panthers and what the Panthers did, there's no way that a any movement today, there are no movements today, there's no way, no way that it compares to what the Panthers did. And don't even speak of BLM and Panthers in the same breath. Don't even do that. That would be unfair. Okay, okay, that would be unfair. And someone mentioned BLM yesterday, and I thought, who and what? Okay, they set us back. That woman. I don't know that they set us back. They set us back. Don't dispute that because it's a fact. Okay, okay. You remember when we talk about the cultural collectivity, right? There is no cultural collectivity where there. Let let me finish. Let me finish. What they gave. And I can't pronounce all the letters, right? Letter T, G, D, Q, so on and so forth. They all have something in common. They're hated and they're disliked and not accepted through society. So they were able to come together, get this money, and do what they've done. And then because they finally uh, talked about what their actual agenda was, now everybody's frustrated with them. But you can't say they they didn't make things happen. I I would love to see black folks do what they did. And they were able to do it collectively and and they were successful. And you know what? And they were successful because simply because they knew how to manipulate and use and take things in a fraudulent fashion. That's what they knew how to do. And that's why they're being sued today. So this is a conversation that we are going to have for quite some time. The year is coming to a close and we will begin a new year. I've got to see what we can do. I want to see what we can do and how we're going to do it. We've got to make changes. We have got to be productive and not reactive. We have got to be a group of people who are doing That's right. It's six o'clock. Go ahead. So yeah. I... I be on top of that, girl. So <laughs> I want to say thank you, uh, Leonard Collins, and thank you for Uncle Tisa Turner. Thank you for being with us right here. And folks, remember, you can always get us right here on itrnradio.com. You can also send us your questions, your comments, and be a part of this show. You can do that also 
by sending your questions and comments to 682-710-1101. So be a part of this movement. We're going to have more discussions on the year in review, where we have come from, where we are, where we're going. So be a part of the movement. Thank you for joining us. This is the Intentional Talk Radio Network. I am your host, Colette Williams. Thank you for joining us. Be with us tomorrow for Conversations in the Mix, Conversations with Colette and Corliss. And our guest tomorrow is Wendell Robinson. Have a good evening. We will talk with you then. Thank you and have a good night. Happy holidays, everyone. Be safe. COVID ain't over. Put your mask on and stay away from folks. Have a good night.